Hello, and welcome back to the Founded on Christ podcast. As usual, you're here with Curtis, another fellow disciple of Jesus Christ. And as usual, I hope that many others will add their voices to this podcast so that there'll be someone else can say, as usual, you're here with so-and-so. If you'd like to do that, uh, remember that you have the email, foundedonchristpodcast at gmail.com, where you can send in your testimonies, insights, uh, experiences, uh, anything that could be profitable to those who are listening. And I'm going to give a invitation this week. Try to share this with somebody that you think could need it. Um, the only way this podcast is really going to be able to reach other people is through the sharing of it. Uh, algorithms and whatnot being what they are, I just want to make sure that this is getting where it should be and where the Lord wants it to be. So keep that in mind, and when you feel impressed, uh, send it along to somebody that you think could use this. Uh, I try to keep things short. Uh, Starting to feel like if I can't get everything that I need to say across in about a half an hour or so, that probably doesn't need to be said. Obviously, there's some uh, exceptions on this podcast for good reason. Uh, But let's get into it today. Uh, It might take me a little bit just fair warning, a little bit longer than usual to get to the the final point, but bear with me. I, I promise I will get there, but I'm going to go today. The text is going to be DNC 121, and I'm going to start in verse 34. It says, Behold, there are many called, but few are chosen. And why are they not chosen? Because their hearts are set so much upon the things of this world, and aspire to the honors of men that they do not learn this one lesson that the rights of the priesthood are inseparably inseparably connected with the powers of heaven, and the powers of heaven cannot be controlled nor handled only upon the principles of righteousness, that they may be conferred upon us, it is true. But when we undertake to cover our sins, or to gratify our pride, or vain ambition, or to exercise control or dominion or compulsion, Upon the souls of the children of men, in any degree of unrighteousness, behold, the heavens withdraw themselves, the Spirit of the Lord is grieved, and when it it is withdrawn, amen to the priesthood or the authority of that man. Behold, ere he is aware, he is left unto himself to kick against the pricks, to persecute the saints, and to fight against God. We have learned by sad experience that it is the nature and disposition of all men, as soon as they get a little authority, and they suppose they will, as they suppose, they will immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion. Hence, many are called, but few are chosen. No power or influence can or ought to be maintained by the virtue of the priesthood, only by persuasion, by long suffering, by gentleness and meekness and love unfeigned, by kindness and pure knowledge which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. And this, this is the big one right here, verse 43. Reproving be times with sharpness, when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, then showing forth afterwards an increase of love towards him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be thy enemy, that he may know that thy faithfulness is stronger than the cords of death. Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men, and to the household of faith, 
and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God, and the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven. The Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion, and thy scepter an unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth. And thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion, and without compulsory means it shall flow unto thee forever and ever. So, somewhat famous scripture, but I was thinking a lot about verse 43. And all these, I'm going to kind of try to tie all the scriptures I read to this. But verse 43 there, Reproving be times with sharpness, when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love. It's been interesting to me that, and this was kind of inspired by something I saw on a social media platform. I don't even remember which one. I'm sure it matters. But someone said, oh yeah, there's no, there's no greater hate than Christian love. And it was a, a biting, somewhat satirical criticism about us as Christians. And oftentimes, I think verse, verse 43, I feel like the way we act in public and towards people who don't believe the same way we do, who we believe needs to be corrected, we kind of take this the opposite. It seems like we are reproving most times with sharpness when and we aren't necessarily moved upon by the Holy Ghost and we never show forth an increase of love towards him afterwards. It seems to me through reading this, and, and I've made podcasts about the differences of, you know, when it's a time to be a lion, and when it's a time to be a lamb, and there are situations for both, and I think a lot of us have, you know, when we, we think of what would Jesus do in a situation, and we decide that we need to be a little bit harsher, a little bit straightforward, we love to bring up the the account of Christ flipping over the tables in the temple. But I think through reading this that we realize that the priesthood, and I want to say we, we have the way we think of priesthood, which is, you know, the men who have been given the priesthood, you know, by the laying on of hands. But I want to use priesthood in the sense that God has given you authority to do something we tend to act like we, because we have been endowed from Christ with grace, that we know so much that we can tell people what they need to do, how they need to do it, and we can be as straightforward, as mean as we want to be, and we assume that because we are calling repentance, we're doing what Christ wants us to do. But reading through this, what I believe God is trying to get the point across to us is that when you need to correct people, the minority, the small amount of times should be when you have to be mean, straightforward, blunt. Most of the time, we should be using not sharpness or bitingness. We should be compassionate in the way that we try to give and love and give correction. Are we putting Christ and his will in the forefront of our hearts and minds when we go about giving correction? Or are we more concerned with being right? Are we more concerned with just 
being done with the task that the Lord has put before us, it is, I think, much harder when the Lord gives you an inspiration that you need to give some correction. It is much harder to find a way to do that lovingly and effectively and showing love afterwards than it is to just give it quickly and brashly and, you know, let the pieces fall where they may. Sometimes it's laziness on our part. Sometimes it is anxiety over the concept of what we need to do. And so we just fumble it. I would say probably one of the most important moments Christ has for each one of us is when he inspires us to give correction to somebody else. We take that as a strong, important commission from him that we take it very seriously and that we involve him very much in the process of that, making sure that we are seeking to have his inspiration upon us as we do it. And I think when we do that, we'll find that we don't need to be biting. We don't need to be hurtful. There's actually great ways to do this without having to be sh- you know, sharp. And I would say another interpretation of this, some people say reproving be time for sharpness. Sharpness also means to be exact and quick and to the point with it. And to not belabor the point and make it harmful. And so there's, there's that aspect of being sharp as well. But let me, as someone who is striving to follow after Christ, and I've, more times than not, when I've had someone that either has attacked me, or I feel the impression that I need to respond to or give a message to, my initial responses are always much harder, harsher, and less full of charity. But when I give myself a chance to step back, to try to connect with deity through the spirit to, to allow my initial, you know, feelings to, to fall a little bit, to subside. Christ comes in and shows me how to do the things he wants me to do in love. And, you know, we do need to be careful. You can go too far one way and then you lose all aspect of what needs to be done. But that's why the spirit is so important. And so, with DNC 121, with all these verses I just read, basically, I was going to go after each one individually, but you'll see that it's basically talking about when Christ gives us the ability to do things, unfortunately, a lot of us get caught up in our own pride, and we stop connecting with Heavenly Father and how to do those things, and we lose that sanction from God in doing those things. Amen to the priesthood of that man, and I may say woman as well, in the, in the nature that I feel like he's talking here. I think it is our, our commission to find a way to reprove betimes with sharpness. Or the inverse, to reprove almost every time with love and compassion and with, with the spirit at the forefront of that. So as always, seek his face continually. Amen.